Hi folks and welcome to this week's episode of Reactivate, the Extreme Robots podcast. This episode is brought to you by Get Ready Comics. We are delighted to have Get Ready Comics as a partner with us for the Extreme Robots UK tour in 2024. And of course, they are your go-to for all Loungefly Funko Pop and anything geek related, get to getreadycomics.com. And hey, it's almost like today, as I bring in my uh, guest uh, commentator at Extreme Robots and host here on Reactivate. Uh, Chris Wilkins. Chris, how are you doing? I'm really, really good. I am very much looking forward to this. Uh, for those that are watching on the video, my background is literally <laughs> the life that we're about to talk about now. I am thrilled. So today's guest is Paul from Get Ready Comics, uh, and we're going to bring him in straight, uh, straight away. Paul, thank you very much for joining us here today. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. You guys? Yes, really, very really well. Thank you. Now, I, I was just talking to you very briefly before we, we got you in now. So so Get Ready Comics, firstly, first and foremost, explain to us what Get Ready Comics is, if you could. Vast. There's a vast answer to that question. <laughs> there um, isn't. That's why you're hey, better to answer it than this I This is a cool um, podcast, mate. That's what you can do. So. It's, not simple, it's not a simple and quick answer, so I'll, uh, I'll tell you the hour-long version. Um, <laughs> essentially... Get Ready Comics started as a small independent shop in Rochester High Street, in historic Rochester High Street in Kent. And through kind of COVID and lockdown, uh, online market grew quite quickly and quite well. Um, so now we reach quite far within Europe and the UK. We ship within Europe and the UK. We're a home essentially for all things pop culture, geeks, comics, lounge life, Funko, toys, games, and now pet fashion, which is great. Chris. Yeah, now Lolly oh, K will not stop talking about outfits for dogs, and your social media has not helped that recently. I'm pleased to hear it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I just, just to add on to that, I have a dog called Peter Parker, and he's just brought out a range of Spider-Man uh, related uh, outfits <laughs> for dogs. So my dog is going to be wearing a backpack next week. So <laughs> that's the plan. Like reach every home in any way possible. Whether it's it's not the it's not the adults, it's not the nostalgia, it's not the kids. It then becomes the pets. <laughs> so we just keep plugging away at those different collector markets. So Loungefly was was obviously a big thing. And Chris, clue clue me up a little bit about uh, because we we gave away last year. Some people left Extreme Robot shows. And even to this day, and I say this to you not as a collector, as I've already said, this this isn't so much my world as it is Chris's. But goodness me, the the C-3PO one, I really didn't want to give that away. There was mm-hmm. some, there was some brilliant, and and this this is something I think that should be lauded. And really, you should be get ready. Comics provided the most insane goodie bags for any show I've ever been to at Extreme Robots last year's. There were Funko Pops in there. There was discount codes. We were giving away Loungefly bags. I, I, yeah, I, I, but the Loungefly phenomenon. Chris has, has, has mentioned it to me. Is that is it a European thing? Is is it a worldwide thing? Is is this something that was? When did Loungefly become kind of as, as popular and as, um, as symbolic of pop culture as it is now? Well, Loungefly was um, founded about twenty five years ago in California, and it's kind of I don't want to say it's laid dormant, but it's it's been one of those secret collectible kind of niche clubs that people mm-hmm. have belonged to with collecting bags like spider-man and kind of anything geek and pop culture a real kind of niche design really connecting to the stuff that people love and then 
over in Europe, essentially, kind of the beginning of lockdown, so the beginning of 2020, I guess, people started to discover it when they were spending more time in home, at home during COVID, and people just fell in love with the brand. They fell in love with, uh, I guess, a lot of the social media content that we make, as you yeah. alluded to. <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. It really I've got it open right now. <laughs> <laughs> it, re- it really connects to what people love with like Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, all of that kind of fandom. People take them to the Disney parks. So because we've got Disneyland Paris now, people are taking their fashion items and their backpacks and crossbodies and they're taking them and they're posing with characters. And it's a worldwide phenomenon, but primarily the USA and Europe. Europe has really grown in the last three or four years, um, which we've ridden on that. I was going to say, because you're, you're kind of a European hub almost for it for it now, aren't you? A little bit. We've we've done really well. We've carved ourselves a little place in the market so that we can sustain ourselves because uh, comics are wonderful and the stories that are held within the shop and in people's mm. hearts do a lot of things, but what they don't do is pay bills all of the time. So we had to find something different and something new that people could engage with uh, that connected to the comic book. It was really important for me that they connected to the comic book world as well, and they do in a lot of ways. And a lot of the items that we stock, including European exclusives, are they're just like they're awesome. <laughs> like, they're they're really really awesome. And they're embedded in law. Now, I'm not a collector, but I but I am a fan of law, and particularly when it comes to comic books. And I like crossovers, and I like weird little bit. Chris is great because in the room that he has there, obviously he has you know the, the first episode. Was it the first comic book where Spider Man had a black suit? That was the uh, yeah, on your yeah. I've got the. I'm just going to pull this out for a side there. I've got like oh, so. I am fascinated by the idea, the idea that it's. Oh, let me just pop Chris full screen. Just first. to say, I mean, I, I can't reach it right now without causing chaos. Um, but like, I've got first appearance of Craven and all yeah. sorts of things. So, yeah, some very special ones. And Paul's actually been instrumental in in uh, sort of reinvigorating my love for it. I went for a phase where I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can get any more things in. And he just reminded me <laughs> why I love it. And you know, I'm really proud that I have in the collection things that are. 60 years old you know and and can live on but also the new stuff that's coming out that you guys you know i'm constantly on the website looking at things and often at night my wife's always like what are you looking at now on get ready comics i'm, I'm so sorry but it's it's amazing and paul just on on that right because obviously you do so well with the online stuff in in europe and you mentioned disney there i went last time i went there i saw so many people with like the lounge flies and things like that mm. Is it really helpful though having the shop? And do you find like just it, just so people can see things, you know, it, it, physically see them there? And do you find that you get people coming from all over the place to pop into the shop now? An actual shop, which is a rarity in itself. It is. It's we're the only we're the only official stockist in Kent, so we get people that are travelling through to Disneyland Paris on their way down. If they're travelling by car, oh, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we often get people on the way back from Disney because they've tried to buy some stuff in Disney and Disney don't always stock what we stock. So they'll come and visit the shop. They'll do some personal shopping for other people, that kind of thing. But it's, yeah, the, the parks is a big thing for us. We work with a couple of people that go to the parks regularly and they interact with the characters and that that kind of content is the kind of thing that I love to share on social media because it's, I mean, people will say it's wholesome, but for you, Chris, with daughter, wife, <laughs> going to Disneyland Paris, seeing how happy 
your daughter is when you're when you're in, she's interacting with the characters and everything and then they have something if and there's a lot of people that are socially uncomfortable with that kind of thing or they're afraid of people in costume when they mm -hmm. have an accessory and this sounds really daft but when they have an accessory the the character can interact with the accessory and the person can be like oh that's my bag like oh you like my bag that's really cool and then they'll yeah. interact with the character as well and it gets it's a soft way of getting people in to deal with characters and people dressing up so that's a good way of describing it, like a conduit to, to a social situation or a social interaction through that. That's really lovely. Um, and also, one thing I must give you, while we're on the topic of, of, of social media, I saw the smoothest transition I've ever seen in a reel ever when you did that Spider-Man to Venom. It's one of the best transitions I've ever seen. You must go to Get Ready Comics Instagram immediately, and you need to scroll down just as soon as you see anything Spider-Man. Just look through the whole thing, let's be honest. But it's the smoothest transition I've ever seen in the history of real. So well done, Paul. I don't know how, how you did that. Well, I was in both costumes. Um, I wasn't. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I was. It involves a backflip, to be clear. <laughs> I wish I was, but um, sadly I wasn't. We've, we've carved out some really, really cool partnerships with costume companies. As you know, from uh -huh. um, the Maidstone show, you had some costume characters there. Hopefully, um, hopefully this year with, with one of the shows, we can do the same thing. We partner with um, a company called Ashley Entertainment who are based in Essex. And they have those costumes belong to them, the Venom and the Spider-Man. The people are just incredible they're just <laughs> and the nicest people to the point where the guy in the venom costume was blocking the pavement to stop anyone walking down so we could film um or i could film <laughs> and it was just they're the nicest people the way they interacted with people their party and event they're like costume they do costumes um characters for parties they do iron man venom spider-man all that kind of stuff but they're doing princesses as well and it was a real joy to have them down creating some content. We, there was a lot that went on um, with those guys. And I'm, yeah, I can't, I can't praise them enough for the work they do. We're yeah, work, it's... hopefully working closer with them this year. There's another costume couple down in Folkestone called oh. um, Our Superhero Life. Uh -huh. uh, they dress as Wonder Woman and Superman and they go, they do stuff with Great Ormond Street. Uh, they visit Greymore Ormond Street. They do loads of stuff for charity and we're hopefully looking at um, doing some stuff with hospices and hospitals this year as well. So it opens, the, the world of comic books opens so many doors to so many people. And if you treat it right, you can do some really, really good things. I've got well, two questions. Yeah, okay, before you do, because cause, yeah, I know you've got lots more questions. So I'm yeah. going to get my one, my one big one out the way, which is the, is, is Get Ready Comics and everything that you do, even down to you know the the crap stuff where you've got to do a stock take or whatever but is that all born out of a love of comic books and how what was the start point where you fell in love with comic books because all of this has been born out of that right essentially yeah i can't I'm, i've been so immersed in the world now for years that i can't remember when <laughs> there's so many different pivotal moments when it started but i think I used to collect comic books, like British comic books, like Beano and Dandy. And I used to go to the newsagents and have to, or I have to get my granddad to go and collect my comics from the newsagents. Um, and I didn't, it was a long time before I was aware of comic book shops because there aren't many in the UK. And I, I remember I bought some um, collectible comic books off QVC once, late night on television. <laughs> and I, and 
because I was just obsessed. I was obsessed with Spider-Man. I used to read, uh, read Spider-Man weekly. Uh, I was ex- obsessed with the story of Spider-Man and Stanley's soapbox and all that kind of stuff. And I, I just, I resonated with it because I was bullied at school and being a hero or being a masked hero that no one knew kind of really appealed to me, mm-hmm. um, being like a hidden hero. So I, yeah, I stumbled. I took these comic books into a shop and my first experience of going into a comic book shop was like, it was, yeah, I essentially just wanted to decorate my room the same as this shop. I thought it was amazing. And then several years, many several years later on, <laughs> um, I volunteered with a charity called Make-A-Wish UK. And there was a comic book shop opening in Strood. And they reached out and asked if we wanted to do a bucket collection for Make-A-Wish on their opening, which we did. And they had costume characters along. And I then fell in love with costuming. And from there, I very much hid my face in any of the costumes that I did because this isn't Captain America or (laughs) 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 Spider-Man. That's where you're supposed to say... um, no. Okay. No, oh, no, no. no. I was just going to say we're all in the same boat, mate. I mean, we're never. I, I, that, I, 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 I was just agreeing. <laughs> Listen, we're all the same people here. We're all. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I started dressing up as costumes. I saw. I then saw the reaction that the kids had when I was in costume, and kind of became a little bit addicted to that amazing feeling of making other people happy. And then it just, I would go down to the shop randomly in costume and spend some time in there and get pictures and go to all their events. Then it was obviously the Comic-Cons and the Comic-Cons in the States. Mm-hmm. And that's when I kind of cottoned on to the lounge fly, connecting to that world when I was in the USA at their cons and dressing in costume, came back. And for me, I just, you know, the comic book shop was struggling and it got to a point where I wanted to create a place that people could come and feel safe, feel comfortable and enjoy the things that they love. And that essentially lives on in what I do and what I believe, but it's, it's really hard. (laughs) It's really hard because it becomes work and Mm. the things you love and the things that are work should be separated, but it's not always that easy. So what is really tickling your fancy for want of a better term in the comic book world? Now, what gets you out of work and takes you back into that world? Well, obviously we have we have a lot of exclusive product so we have a lot of lounge fly exclusives and that really mm-hmm. that's really exciting but i get really <laughs> it sounds dark but i get really excited about really simple stuff like this year they are revisiting and re-releasing the thundercats story in comic book form now yeah, wow I'm so excited for that now i didn't know that but i that was when i i can i think my mum still has the sword I think it might be, I think I know where it is. Anyway, that's a, that's a conversation. <laughs> but all of a sudden I got very excited because I, if it wasn't for Thundercats, I would have never played the guitar because that theme music that's, that's at the a beginning. That's mate. I was going to say. No, you <laughs> that theme music at the beginning made me, because I was like, why does the, why does the, this theme music excite me more than other kids' TV shows? And it was because it had electric guitars in it because it was, oh yeah. So there was that. And then once oh, Transformers. Yeah. And so, because of that, I, I, that's that's how I ended up when I first had, like, heard Nirvana, and I went, mm, "Same kind of vibe. I like this." And it just those <laughs> those, those sort of... TV shows, like, exactly, those things were just epic. Oh yeah, they production values on the music was amazing. Really, it, it, it made me want to play guitar because they were big, like yeah. 
like eighties, nineties rock songs. Yeah. That's what uh, was it. Visionaries as well. Yeah, oh, the theme tune from the, Visionaries. Visionaries. Yeah, still got all of those. So no, that was that, yeah, that was the so Thundercats this year. Paul, I am all in. Tell me more. And it's the original story as well. It's the original story, like the mutants from Plundar are coming down to Third Earth and looking for the Eye of Thundera, and it's it's the it's the story. And there's so many different artist variant covers as well, and they're all amazing. Um, I think it starts in March, and I'm very very excited. Like oh, all the stuff that. that we do that makes money, and all of the Funko Pops and the Loungefly releases and the exclusive designs that we get and the Disneyland and stuff. I'm like, give me the £3.35 Thundercats comic. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But that, the thing is, that will bring that back to a whole a whole new generation of, of people. I know they've had different cartoons along the way, but I don't think they've quite captured the same level as the original did. I'm still amazed that they never made a film. Like, it's crazy, but hopefully... It was rumoured, if- wasn't it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's always been on the cards, isn't it? Every few years, but you know, hopefully this this comic book, if it takes off in the way that I'm sure it will, that might open those doors again. Um, I'm sure you can't give too much away yet, but, uh, you know, talking about the nostalgia side of things with Thundercats, we've got a, a another film coming out this year now in a, in a few months' time, which is going to lean heavily into that again, of course, with the new Ghostbusters film coming out, and they've just said in the last few days that it leans heavily on what was called the real Ghostbusters, which was the cartoon series. And that just got me so excited about the potential for all the, you know, the merchandise, bringing back those toys that we had as kids with all the, 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 you know, the the Ghostbusters that would transform into the ghost, like the dustbin guy and all that sort of stuff. If they are leaning into that, mate, your world is about to to open up with a lot of orders from me. (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly, well, I've talked about the Thundercats comic, but another thing that I'm excited about, there's a Ghostbusters comic that is the... Uh, I've forgotten the name of the last movie, the last Ghostbusters movie. Um, I don't know either. I didn't see it. I forgot uh, the name of it. The last Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> yeah, so there's a comic yeah. book that connects the last... There's a story in between that connects the last Ghostbusters movie and the new one coming out as well. That's coming out in March. I think I've pre-ordered that already. I Probably probably have yeah yeah it's super <laughs> exciting do you know what i love about it is you know i just want to quickly go back to what you were saying about the the charity side of things and and you're you're very humble but the work you do is incredible for things like make a wish and you know i've seen you in costume when you know when you used to come to eugenius's deadpool you're still in my phone all these years i still have you down as deadpool because to me you are <laughs> you are deadpool but watching watching like you that. interact with people like that of all ages not just kids but adults as well um it was a really great icebreaker but you're confidence when you're in those costumes you you are like the ultimate theater person when you're doing that it's really lovely to watch but the work you do for make a wish raising money is is wonderful you know mm. and 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 thank you for all that you do for that it's incredible and, and and i love the fact that you know the geeky world can give people comfort and give people joy and that's what partly why i'm really excited about the partnership that we have as well because I think the robot community is quite similar in its own in its own way. It's this mm-hmm. community of people that work together to build the things that they love and that they get to show them in front of people. And now we can give them a lovely platform with our live show to go, 
I built this. This is my passion. You know, whether people like it or they don't understand or whatever, this is what I love. And now I get to do it and I get to fight and I get to be a star out in front of an audience. Or hopefully we make them stars out the front, Glenn. And and that's where I think there's a wonderful crossover between those two things, particularly with the cosplay element of stuff of people, you know, embracing mm. what they enjoy. Thank you. Firstly, that's very kind of you to say. And I, yeah, it, it, yeah I remember doing um, a robot show in Thanos and Deadpool many, well, a few years ago now. Yeah, I think it yeah. It was pre-COVID. So it, it does connect to that world and it does make it enjoyable. And we've had robots fans actually come into the shop. They've used their discount code, which is robots, by the way, for 15% off on getreadycomics.com. Just saying. It's doing Glenn's job there. Well done, mate. Um, I'll put up a T-shirt quickly. There's a, there's a T-shirt on sale. We've got a T-shirt on sale, guys. It's coming Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I always, I always get covered up by merchandise. So that's yeah, that's why I moved Paul. <laughs> that's charming. But it's, yeah, people have come in. They've used the discount code to get a discount in the shop, but they've also used our discount code to buy tickets from you guys as well for the specifically in the Maidstone show. And the one thing that I loved with robots was that show at Maidstone. Um, obviously, I see everything. I see everything that goes on and I can't come to all the shows, which is a real shame because I wish I did after, <laughs> after the Bless reaction you. that Maidstone had because the crowd at Maidstone were off the hook. The cheering, the screaming, the volume was epic. I, I think I came on the first show mm -hmm. um, with my colleague Jade and just left us with a feeling of this is a like this is amazing like i have to i want to come to every show that was the kind of feeling we got and i wasn't surprised that i think premium tickets sold out didn't they platinum tickets sold out on the yeah day. yeah well uh, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let glenn talk about this because this is the man in the know with uh, where we're at but i can tell you that the tour obviously is doing very well but maidstone in particular is flying uh, yeah, so Maidstone, this is a, a decent thing to notice right now. So Maidstone Platinum tickets sold out one year in advance. That's how well the show was received this time. The, Paul, it was one year in advance that they went. Literally, the day after we left Maidstone, all of the Platinum Experience tickets were sold for next year. So that just goes to show you're exactly right. And I think that... Uh, you you have contributed a lot to that because the the, the interaction, for example, Will the captain of Team Quake uh, decided that he was going to um, to take a gift bag out with him and get the crowd riled up, and we nearly had a riot. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, one, one has to manage how one distributes <laughs> things like yeah, that. We also, we, also, we also had a, a lovely bit of banter as well because in there was an amazing uh, Funko. I think it was a Batman Funko. Yeah. And Will was trying to wind up Shane from the Wolf Pack, who, who normally is uh, the uh, bad boy of it, yeah. uh, by saying it was a life size version of Shane in the bag there. So the competition really kicked in that week. <laughs> that was a there was an added incentive. I remember that. Yeah, you got a life size version of Shane in a box. <laughs> it was a, a Batman pop. But yeah, that I think I said to you, Chris, when I can't remember which part of a giveaway it was, it might have been the Loungefly backpack, but you were like, scream if you want it. And the scream was deafening. Yeah. <laughs> it, honestly, it was, and the show was epic anyway. Um, I just, yeah, I had the, I had an amazing time. So the link between, between, I suppose it's not—it's not a far um, 
sort of far stretch, really, is it, from robots to comic books to Funko Pops to that kind of what... And it, I think this is worth talking about, actually, the, the, how you guys know each other through Eugenius, which is obviously the musical that uh, the Chris wrote that was on um, for, well, numerous times over many years that even I was involved in at one point. But I believe that you guys, did you did you guys meet because of that? Or was this was it the first time you linked up for business stuff? Because there is literally a Eugenius sign behind you right now, Paul. And, I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what, what's the, what was the link up there? How did, you, uh, how did you guys first meet? How did this all work well, out? Well, obviously, it was love at first sight. Um, <laughs> Paul, I'll let you. I'll let you explain this because I was. I was in a bit of a whirlwind when uh, with the show, as as naturally it would be. It's a yeah. crazy thing to be doing, and you were very much uh, along with uh, a few other people like Tina. Um, Tina shout out to Tina if you listen to this one. Um, that really took me by the hand and and looked after me because it is quite a chaotic time and and made me appreciate what we had. And again, you know, be proud of that geeky world and things and all these people coming together in this theater to see a show that's about basically all the things you have at get ready comics and all the things we do at extreme robots it was our moment and our time and that was wonderful but i'll let you explain how it all came together mate well here's a fun fact for you on monday it will be six years since the first show at the other palace you see you know that and i don't that's not good is it <laughs> that's really not good wow because... okay you had the garrison there. We had stormtroopers. Of course, Warwick had yes. Star Wars stormtroopers, and I think it was snowing, and a lot of people had trouble getting to the getting to the venue because it was it was as it is now, freezing cold. But there was also snow. Um, essentially, yeah, that's that's pretty much how it went. It was just one of the greatest shows that I've seen, and it it, it kind of put everything that I felt onto a stage show. It was the most bizarre. It's the, it's the most connected I think I've felt to material or stage show or music ever that I think I've ever had. And for me, I found I found something. I found somewhere that I felt completely at home. Subsequently, I think I went and saw it X number of times. We won't say how many, but I reckon it was in the 20s. Um, wow. And I got talking to david and tina at the time and we had as an avenue to move to 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 support the show we created eugenius fans um which was a way essentially of building the fandom up building the customer base reaching out to people as fans of the show because tina i think had a ticket to every single show she became Um, part of the choreography in one of the numbers because she had the same seat all the time so we actually added her into Oh, there we go. Nice trailer for the show there. Lovely. Thank you, Glenn. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we actually added her in so she'd get a high five at every performance. So and it was lovely. You wouldn't really get that at many other places where, you know, where the the cast embraced the fact that they were supported by yourself and others and, and leaned into that really nicely. Yeah, that, that first run was was really good. And then obviously it came back for a second run at the other palace. And oh, my word. I will never forget one of the things that sticks with me uh firstly was coming out on stage as deadpool because you used to do the super <laughs> you used to do the super fan sunday we came to the acoustic thing um the acoustic sessions that you did before the second version of the do show you know, that's that's as somebody who was in a, the original recording was the original lex and all of this the saddest thing i was i, I would love to have done those acoustic 
ones they looked so cool i remember watching those on i think did you stream them chris yeah they they had like bloggers and things in so it was streamed oh they were so over, good on, online it was really nice to hear the uh, for those that aren't we're talking about obviously uh, a musical called eugenius it's set in the 80s it's about a comic book writer uh, whose uh, comic book gets turned into a film, but the film becomes real. So there's aliens and superheroes and all sorts of things, but it's got the most banging soundtrack uh, of 80s stuff, which you can find on all all uh, social uh, media avenues and all <laughs> obviously, uh, the music you'll find on Apple Music and stuff like that. Have a listen, see what you think. But um, yeah, it, it, was, um, it was a safe space for the likes mm. of Paul and I that love all of this world, really. A lot of a lot of people found it a safe space. And they're the, my favourite moment, and I won't, kind of dwell on it too much and i remember you went to the i think you went to the back to film it it was the very very last show where tina and i had got glow sticks for the entire audience but hadn't told anyone and <laughs> we were we were sat at the front waiting to everyone was waiting to put their glow sticks up because there's a big there's a big like hey mickey type moment with the go eugenia so it's go eugenius go eugenia and everyone claps and sings along Paul's got a voice on him. I know. I know yeah. he's got a voice oh, yeah. under voice under there. I know it's only, there. Only that song. Um, <laughs> and they they came out onto the stage, and it was like Tina and I were like everyone put the glow sticks up, and suddenly the auditorium just had glow sticks everywhere. And because we were so close to uh, Daniel and oh, I forget their names. That's really bad. And Rob and was Jaina in it then? No, no, not that one. No, not that one. My previous. Laura. Baldwin. Yes. Yeah. Their faces lit up and they were emotional. <laughs> and they, you could see they were struck with emotion. And through that final couple of songs, it just, the atmosphere was just something I'll remember forever. It was, inc it was incredible. It was the most insane thing. And we had Chris to thank for that and Ben, of course. Um, but we had those guys to thank for putting that together. So it was really, really sad, emotional that it was it was leaving us for the time being. But anyway, yeah, no, it was it was it was amazing, and that's why I love our audiences at Extreme Robots as well because you know they have that passion for what's going on inside the arena and the reactions and the feeling, and it is that kind of you know geeky coming together of people that really enjoy all those things. And so I I really see you know that link between what we had with Eugenius and of course get ready and and extreme robots so i i feel absolutely ecstatic that i get to play in my my favorite place every every month i kind of always thought i could be lex as well <laughs> yeah well, I'm, well I'm we'll jealous. get you listen, in listen mate he, he dumped me that quickly so i wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> Lex was. Um, do you know the greatest Lex. irony of this, Paul? Because I do have a Eugenia story. Is that years after Alex Bourne played Buddy in the Buddy Holly story, I played Buddy in the Buddy Holly story. We had the same agent. We had a very similar career. About six years after I did Lex, Alex Bourne played Lex in Eugenius. So I feel like now we've both done each other's jobs. Now yeah, I feel like the originating I'm, I'm versions of it. I'm established in the world of musical theatre now. I'm all done. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I've lived my Al Bourne career. That's all I need. The question is, Glenn, are we going to have an Extreme Robots musical? That should be the next thing. I don't even know where you'd uh, start with that one. but Well, I don't. Listen, mate, I've lived in some strange worlds. I've, I've even had wrestling musicals pitched to me at <laughs> one point or another. And I think oh, they wow. did it in Edinburgh this year. Um, of course, they did it in Edinburgh. <laughs> but um, I think... Uh, 
I think in Extreme Robots, it, it, who would be the good guy though? Who's the good guy in the Extreme Robots musical? Who's it'd the hero? It'd probably be Craig. It'd be Craig and Will, wouldn't it? And then you'd have your sort of like it. It, it could almost be like a Pokemon sort of uh, thing there. <laughs> You know, like Pokemon the musical, but like with extreme robots. And, you know, Shane would be the bad boy with the big electric, like electric ballad sort of thing. Um, probably paid by Alex Bourne. Because um, yeah. so well, I'm not available. <laughs> you first, though, Glenn. Yeah. He's got a better hairline than me still. And he's 20 years older than me. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, so uh, while we're chatting uh, about musicals, let's tie this, this all in together. Because I think this is quite interesting. Because... I would say that although musical theatre in the West End, Broadway, a big business, I would say that if you were a fan, a very much a fan of musical theatre, I would say that's a little bit of a subculture. Wrestling is a subculture. Uh, certainly robots is an extreme culture. Um, uh, sorry, it's a subculture. Um, the, the geek fandom, the things that go into comic books, into to collectibles, and I put this to, to either of you or both of you, um, do, do you think that's almost like the gateway? Is that when you first read a comic book? So it was interesting, Paul, that you should say about the Beano and the uh, the Dandy, because uh, that's what I used to read. I, I would uh, religiously get the Beano. And then a, a family well, a friend of my dad used to get me the Fun Day Times, which mm -hmm. is the pull the pull out from the, from the Sunday Times, which is the comic. It, it, does it? Do you think it all starts from there, and then we kind of go off on different avenues? Are are comic book heroes, and that first time that we read about heroes and in that brightly coloured, engaging media, is is that almost like the gateway drug to this world of different subcultures? Because it feels a lot as I get older, like it is. <laughs> I, I, the, the gateway drug thing's just made me tickle me. I don't know why. <laughs> um, only because on our last Christmas um, Christmas designs, we had little. Uh, we have a Christmas decoration on our window at Christmas, and we had little mini backpacks, and they had little zips. And we're convinced that people were doing drug drops in our little. So <laughs> <laughs> we're talking they were about popular, gateway. but we don't know why. <laughs> This shop is crazy popular and it makes yeah. no sense. There's, there's a queue out here at like... Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, think, does it does it start there? I think I think I it think does. So. I think so. I think it resonates with a lot of people. And what we are finding, we get a lot of teachers that come in and they're having trouble getting students to read. They're like, you pick up a book, it's really intimidating. You pick up a study book or a guidebook or a textbook it can be really intimidating to just look at a mass amount of words on a page. And what teachers mm. are saying quite commonly is panel drawing with artwork that associates to the artwork, sorry, artwork that associates to the words makes a big difference in encouraging people to start reading, which is why with, there's key stage uh, comic books, <coughs> um, there's key stage books, to do with the Marvel Universe and DC Universe that people can read and get themselves into reading. It's almost like a soft launch into reading, if you like. Yeah. It's not, it's not necessarily, um, here's a here's a book like Great Expectations, you need to go and read it. It's looking at images and imagery and that that's just something because we're all different and we all learn differently and we all take things in differently well, Paul, I, was just, I, I was yeah I was just gonna i was just gonna say that is exactly where i got started with it um uh glenn will appreciate this i've got i've got such a short attention span mm. so for me to look at a big thick novel is very intimidating for me and has been since i was a little kid i was quite a slow at picking up reading actually um right. and and so comic books for me were a way to 
not only sort of, you know, dream big and all that sort of stuff, but actually just to break down that element of, of learning um, and, and really start to understand quite complex things within that though that you know the stories yeah. and you know when i was growing up you know my big passions were things like obviously the comic books like you know dark knight and stuff like that and they they were they you know if you put that alongside like ghostbusters for example which is a fun comedy which is you know something i absolutely loved as a kid but they don't patronize their audiences as well you know when you're a kid they're not like oh this is really silly isn't it they 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 actually took what they were doing seriously. There was humor in it, or in the case of the Batman at that particular time, it was a very, you know, serious story. But I'm looking at this comic book going, this is, this is awesome. And this feels like really grown up and really thoughtful and, and, and not silly or anything like that. And I used to get annoyed when people would look at it like that, but you know, it's, there are those things in the world, of course, of, of comic books and stuff like that. But the writing on those things was amazing. The artwork was amazing. You know, the Ghostbusters is one of the best comedies. I won't have anyone say otherwise. One of the best comedies ever. It's got, you know, most of the team from Saturday Night Live from its peak time working and writing on it. So it's it's amazing. And what I, you know, what I'm really happy with now is that it has become more mainstream and people, are, other people are finding it. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about this, Paul, but do you find that now when you get more and more geeks, you sort of feel like, hang on a minute, I'm a geek. You're not a geek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, actually, there's some times where I'm like, I'm not even remotely a geek. <laughs> like, so the way that some people collect and the way that some people, I'll often be surprised. We've just, so there's been a new Transformers comic that's come out not that long ago, uh, which revisits the artwork of the original Transformers. I'm literally looking at it as we speak. And someone told me about that maybe three to four months before it even came into the shop and i was i had no idea and i was like i didn't know that was coming and i love that and this person knew it was coming because they're so tuned in to collecting they're so tuned into the world of comic books that they are on the pulse when it comes so i don't always have to know everything because people will quite happily yeah. tell me when stuff is coming that they love I'm and so proud to, to go on social media and see people like super excited that there's a new Ghostbusters or super excited that there's the new Transformers things and people that I would never have imagined would like those things, but embracing it. And most importantly, and I think this again leans in with what we try and do at Extreme Robots and, you know, with the musical as well is you get parents taking their kids along because they loved it and now they're passing it on and the kids are embracing it you know i know that from having my own daughter and seeing her sitting there the last couple of days putting stickers into her spider-man uh sticker book for example which has got a comic book built into it or you know reading the comics that she gets from from get ready and the stories and stuff she reads these like kids stories but they're like it's aliens but it's the kids versions of it or back to the future but the kids versions of it and i just like i find myself almost having to avoid getting emotional over the silliest she's she's reading <laughs> x-files but it's a kid story <laughs> I'm like, it's just so lovely to to see that passed on and you know it's, it's brilliant those stories have been really popular the pop classic stories with you, where you've got as you say chris back to the future home alone doctor who gremlins elf all that kind of stuff transformed for younger readers is just it's amazing to see. And now we've got backpacks for your pets. So, Absolutely. There we go. Full circle there you, from the Everywhere from, you from go, you can't hide. It's, it's just a brilliant world. And, and and I love the fact that, you know, you can have these conversations about it. And, and there are so many things to talk about with it. And, you know, and when you go backstage at 
extreme robots I, I, when i we have the vip tours and you see um you know the, the fans come backstage and talk to the roboteers and they've been watching it for years and now they're getting to meet the people that have built the robots they've been watching on the telly or they've watched in the live shows and they can just blah and ask them all those questions and get that response that's how i feel when i go to like comic cons and things like that so i love watching people backstage get that moment and watching them glow and i think it's a nice thing for for the roboteers as well to see the people that are actually you know, putting them on that pedestal of you're amazing and all that. So it's just, it's just brilliant. I absolutely adore it. There we go. I can see on the screen there for those that are watching it, all of the, uh, the pet harnesses. There's a Batman one, Glenn. Come on. I know. There's a go, Batman dog harness. Go to what more shop, could you ask for? Go to shop Loungefly, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Uh, go down to pet. There'll be a pet accessories one in the Loungefly section as well. If you can get oh, down fantastic. To oh, if I can, I can open this tab a little bit more. It's all, it's all, it's all streaming while it happens. But yeah, so, so what, what actually, <laughs> may I ask, what actually is available in all of the pet collection then? The lap, so we, we have two different ranges of pets. That's fan for pets. This is what you're looking at now. This oh is the lounge word. fly pet range. There is an um, Ewok dog oh, harness bag. That's a, a dog yeah, treat bag. Got treat, harness, leash, and collar. Look how cute it is. I mean, I almost don't want the dog. I just want to keep the bag. Yeah, for those of you listening to this, by the way, immediately go to getreadycomics.com and just have a look through. Do I, I do can't... a watch along. <laughs> I can't get over how many, how much stock you have. Oh, that's amazing as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a Darth in, Vader one as well. That's really cool. They small, medium, and large. The large one goes up to sizing for dogs that are over 150 pounds in weight. So... Now, large harnesses are big. On our, on our Instagram, we've got a Staffordshire Bull Terrier wearing a large Winnie the Pooh backpack <laughs> at the moment. Um, and it's been really fun because, you know, backpacks, comics, all that sort of stuff are really fun. But dogs, dogs are the ones. I love dogs. So this, yeah. has, been, this has been a joy to make content for and take pictures. And there's more. There's one a month. There's a range a month coming out. I can't tell you what's coming out. But it will be revealed tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, you're, oh, and, and you're go. quite good at this as well, aren't you, sir? Because you're quite good at the little reveals and dropping bombs on new releases. It's almost yeah. like you're in the know. There's a well. Let's just say there's a, a magical little pixie um, for all the lady dogs that are out there. There's a well, there you go. pixie fashion range coming out. Oh well, very exciting times ahead. I, I I love it, and I'm I'm so glad to see that it's doing so. I know it's a lot of work, mate. Mm. Um, uh, an awful lot of work <laughs> but i know that the community absolutely uh, are very grateful for what you do as are we for all you do for us the extreme robots as well my friend i can't wait yeah. i can't wait for the shows this year and we can do something really really exciting really cool do some more giveaways give away some really cool stuff and yeah, send Maidstone into orbit. Yeah, absolutely. We are going to be back in Maidstone. We're not far off the UK tour starting proper. Chris, we're going to be in Doncaster to start with, which obviously is a debut for us. Are you excited about uh, about going to new venues this year in 2024? I can't wait to bring the show to uh, new audiences. And, and I like being in new spaces as well. I like I like being around the towns and the cities um and i like going to new venues and i like hearing a reaction for the first time as well glenn that's one of the cool things you know when you go back to place we've been a few years and they're all ready for it and they're all really excited but to go to somewhere new and get that first response when they see those robots come in is 
it just gives you that energy and that buzz again to go, oh my God, we're part of something really special. So I'm very excited to be heading to new venues and of course, returning to some unbelievable places this year. Absolutely. Doncaster this year on the 20th and 21st of April. Guildford on the 15th and 16th of June. Newcastle on the 6th and 7th of July. Colchester 14th and 15th of September. And then back in the mighty Maidstone on 19th and 20th of October. Well, our guest of honours from Get Ready Comics, of course, will be there. And then finishing up the tour in Cheltenham on the 9th and 10th of November. Thank you ever so much for being with us this week, Paul. It's been fantastic. I love hearing people's journey and he's just how to they got where they are and so it's nice and also just to have such a nice wholesome chap who does so much for charity as yourself it's nicer than you know us two heathens being sat here <laughs> i appreciate that thank you absolutely well thank you very much and for myself uh paul and chris we shall see you next time for the next episode of reactivate